Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Thibaut. Every two weeks, we interview top leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We are on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to submit your questions and guest suggestions, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So welcome everyone to this uh, new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today I'm receiving uh, Nina Georgievic. I hope I said your name properly. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, who's a head of sales at uh, SendCloud. So welcome to the show, Nina. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me and uh, welcome to everybody who's listening. Yeah. So how are you doing? Pretty good. Um, yeah, New Year hit off, um, as you asked, also in, in private, uh, working on full remote with a new team. So a lot of interesting stuff. How about yeah. you? Uh, doing good, doing good. Like I uh, just came back from Switzerland and uh, yeah, it's, you know, happy. I just got married actually. So uh, oh, yeah. congrats. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It was quite strange. We were just basically five to be allowed to get married uh, to for the wedding. So it was strange, but at least we're married and that's everything that matters. That's good. Well, something, some good news despite yeah. Corona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. So we, we won't talk fully about my uh, wedding or marriage uh, in this episode. It's still about sales. Um, so we're going to talk about um, you and and mostly how your sports background work well with sales. Um, but before we dive into the topic, can you maybe tell me a bit more about you, your background, and who you are? Yeah, of course. Um, I'll, I'll just run you kind of a, a, a story from from personal side as as well as from professional side, so you can make the two worlds come together. Um, so as you said, my name is Nina Djordjevic, is the, the correct pronunciation. Um, I guess that makes it clear that I come from some odd country, which is a, a tiny country in southern, southeastern Europe, um, Serbia. And um, yeah, so, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently working as a head of sales at SendCloud, um, but my journey started off with actually sports when I was very, very little. So I started off playing tennis when I was about seven years old or so. Um, played a lot of tournaments in Serbia, played around Europe. Um, at 12, first visited the US um, to play a, a couple of competitions over there. Um, and at 17, I was already clear, like I will definitely be moving um, and, and going for college and playing college athletics. So I received a full scholarship for tennis moved over to the US um, and that's also where my first um, contact with sales got, uh, which was in my third year of college. Um, I worked a bit with Cleveland Indians. I had a fantastic mentor in, in college. Uh, his name is Scott Grant. I wanna give him a, a small shout out because he's one of the reasons why, uh, why I do what I do and uh, why I keep being motivated to do it. Um, yeah, so I've been competing in tennis, had an ACL injury, um, so knee surgery, all that stuff, a lot, of, a lot of other injuries followed. And then I figured, okay, graduating at 21, um, I can't really play pro because of all the injuries and, and everything that was going on. But then again, staying in the US meant like working 100%. 
Um, so, so I decided it was time for a change of something new and uh, I had moved back to Germany uh, or not back, but to Germany for the mm -hmm. first time in my life. Um, yeah, did my master's degree there um, and then figured that it's possible to do sports full-time and job full-time. <laughs> okay. So okay. that's kind of a short and sweet. <laughs> okay, cool. So you're full-time, full uh, uh, I was about to say sales athlete, but yes, you are. But let's say tennis athlete also, right? So I've switched my sport in the meantime after the surgery and all that happened. Um, and I moved on from tennis to beach tennis. Mm -hmm. uh, beach tennis is a bit newer sport, played on sand, uh, played always in doubles. Um, and sand makes a lot less pressure on my knees. So it was the right choice for me after the, the whole injury streak. Okay. And I guess there's no bouncing because it doesn't really bounce on sand, right? Exactly. You're only playing volleys. Okay. That must be super, super tiring. I guess. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very fast sport, but uh, yeah, don't take my bias, but it's just one of the best sports out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Um, so you know, there's like uh, um, something I've noticed is especially in the US uh, uh, and over LinkedIn, a lot of people are taking uh, uh, sports metaphor to talk about uh, sales, and uh, especially in coaching. And I've always kind of, you know, I'm doing training and coaching, so I know, I know you about that, but I've always found people who talk about sales and sports and coaching and all things a bit like, how you call that, cliche. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I want to know, like, because you're professional and full-time doing both, you know, are these cliche what things we see or, you know, is, is that really similar to coach uh, salespeople and professional athletes? I think you need to understand the background of what really what sports and mentality really means. So yeah, I agree. When I mention sports mentality, sometimes it sounds like blabber. Like okay, yeah, fine, we've heard it a million times. On the other hand, when you're talking sports mentality, you're talking about things that are necessary in order to be able to uh, succeed in sports, and these apply to sales as well. So what I mean by this, um, we're talking motivation, we're talking resilience. So I can give you a couple of examples on, on all of these uh, by all means, and I, I prepped it that way mm -hmm. um, to share. So there are similarities and there are differences. Um, I can just go straight and dive into some of my thoughts if you want me to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, one of the biggest differences when we're talking sports, in my eyes at least, um, is first of the hierarchy. Um, and kind of what the expectation of a coach in professional sports is and what the expectation of a sales leader is. Um, you're expecting a sales leader to have done it on the field. Mm -hmm. You expected them to be really good, to know exactly what you do as a player and then move up to coach you. Whereas I know a lot of coaches in sports who, who haven't been good players or who haven't been players at all, actually, uh, but can still do a really good job and they're extremely respected in their field. So this is to me one big differentiation between sports um, or professional sports and and sales. On the other hand, um, yeah, there, there is a, I'm just trying to think how to, to phrase it properly, but um, there is the, the similarity, which is all, both the professional athlete and a salesperson need a lot of support. So in a sense that you need the full team to, to be there. You need your peers, you need your teammates if it's a team sport that we're talking about. And this is exactly what you need in sales to be able to succeed. So that means as an athlete, you can have talent, you can get to a certain level, but you need to put the extra work and you need to have people around you. And the same story, in my opinion, goes about sales. And you can be lucky, you can close some good deals, but having consistency 
for a long period of time, you need to understand what, what work actually goes behind it and really be proactive about doing it. Um, so to me, this is really the, the common differentiator as well as the similarity between the two. Okay, okay, I see. So you said something very interesting uh, that, uh, because often, you know, the, the best coach we see in sports, for me, I know a lot about rugby, for example, they were not the best rugby players by far. Yeah. They were just very average uh, rugby players and they brought their teams uh, because of skills that have nothing to do on, on your kind of like uh, skills on, on, the, on the field. And they are helped by people who are technical experts in certain areas. But they, they, they kind of bring people to, uh, to, to victory for, through other things. Whereas in sales, I experienced it, uh, um, you know, like myself is, I had a, a, a like, it was like, what was it? It was my boss basically for my, my last job. And he just like, he sold, but he only sold stuff from uh, Google basically. So it's just like, for me, it's just like selling oxygen to, to humans. You need it to live. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying any, everything at Google is like that, but he was basically into a kind of a sales support. So he was not really selling anything and uh, he could not coach us. You know, he had no clue what to do, what to say. And it was super challenging. So why do you think it's different? You know, because like, why do you think uh, someone who, who can't, I mean, who doesn't have the experience cannot really be a good coach in sales? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. For me, even other way around, why can somebody who wasn't a good player be a good coach? That would be also a really interesting debate. Um, in terms of sales specific, I find that when you were in those shoes, when you understand um, the struggles you have when, uh, when somebody hangs up with you, when somebody yells at you on a cold call, uh, when you're afraid to make a cold call, uh, when you have to kind of give an answer to an objection in the moment when an objection happens, if you understand what goes behind that, I feel like you can relate a lot better to a salesperson. So that goes a little bit back to that mindset where you athletes normally, when they have reached the level where they're being coached professionally, they know what it takes. They have the mentality already. I think that in sales, there are a few salespeople who are extremely proactive and who really go ahead and take all the possible material from everywhere and kind of coach themselves into the role. Whereas the vast majority of them, I heard about it yesterday as well in the clubhouse chat. Um, so like most people put more um, effort in their high school sports than they put in their entire sales career in a sense of improving themselves. And I think this is the, the big thing that, that makes that difference. So if you are not coming in with the mentality, you need somebody who can understand and bring the mentality over to you. If you already have the mentality, you can talk technicalities. This is yeah. the way I see it. Okay. So it's mostly something about mindset and mentality rather than uh, maybe the sport or sales thing, right? I believe that a big part of, of why we struggle in sales, in calls, in, in cold calls, in uh, objections and similar is because like in the moment that it's happening, talking also now, making a podcast, making a video, if you haven't done it, you're not so comfortable in it. So you need to take a step back and you need to still solve it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where, like when you do it enough, you understand what it takes. You can give tips to a, a, your sales uh, team member, your A, your SDR, um, how to get out of that feeling. Mm -hmm. Then adding and improving the words that they say, I find is rather easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's super interesting because uh, 
I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of people, they, let's say in, in pro, you don't kind of like stumble in professional sport and you're like, oh, I ended up in NFL and just like, that's not really what I wanted to do is you just like, you dedicate your whole life to it. And, um, and that, that's, I think that's, that's also why it's, it's like that. But yeah, in sales, oftentimes, you know, you have people who maybe had other dreams. No one was thinking, hey, I want to be, a, I, actually, I, th I thought like, I want to be a salesperson when I'm, I grow up. <laughs> I guess I'm just maybe not like everyone. <laughs> You're one but, of the few. <laughs> yeah, I, I just really love it. So, uh, so, but a lot of people, they just do it because they have to pay the bills and, um, and it can be, can be very challenging on that. So on, on that, actually, so what's your experience working with people who are, maybe not so mission driven as they are in, in sports, uh, in, so in sales, and what's your experience in, in motivating them? I definitely use examples from my sports career. Um, I don't complicate them because if you are not from sports, I sound like some freak just trying to explain <laughs> how it looks in practice. Um, but I definitely try to discuss with them why they're doing what they're doing and what their interest in it is. Because oftentimes sales is seen as kind of like selling vacuum cleaners door to door. And this is what you don't want to do with your life. And that's why you're against it. Uh, but it's really not that. And I think most of us who have the profession know that and, and actually love what we're doing. So mm -hmm. getting it across to them, like, wh why are you doing sales? What is the idea? I know you need to get a paycheck and whatnot. But is there something like, do you love working with people? Do you enjoy solving their problems? Is, is there something that really drives you? Is it maybe the company mission that you like? You really want to be a part of uh, whatever industry it is that you're passionate about? So this is what I try to understand from their side. First of all, like, what do they really want to do? Because through that, they can oftentimes discover their passion for sales too. And I love, I love to find that out for them. And second thing, which I've done also with team members who struggled and were unsure even after some months within sales if that's the thing for them was really discussing the the point of learnings can you focus for the given point of time on what you can improve because regardless of what you want to do in the future mastering sales mastering communication you need to do sales well is going to be of benefit at all times in mm -hmm. all jobs you're going to do regardless if you're an engineer project manager whatever it is really it's going to help you so This is what I try to go around as well and really discuss with them like, okay, what are the learnings? What are the things that you feel uncomfortable with? Can I help you improve them, first of all? And second of all, which is a really big thing that, that I try to follow throughout my life, and that is really trying to do the best of your ability in any given situation. So giving that person, even if they are not super into sales, um, saying one option is, you don't do it or you just don't really put in the work and you're unhappy. The mm -hmm. second option is you do everything you can. You try to improve, you try to learn, and then you can see you succeed. You could still say, I don't like it and move out of it, but mm -hmm. you will have an experience you can look at positively. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's really cool. Um, I, I, you're here. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually ask you uh, to coach me. So um I can, I can maybe expose you my problem. So I have a thing you talked about giving everything, you know, just like making sure you're hundred percent. And that's something I'm uh, very bad at doing when I, you know, like, for example, for me in my business, I have different things where it's, I'm selling some kind of like a, a training seats and there's like, um, so there's an, you know, I'm just like, it's an accelerator. There's like four coach life coaching sessions. And mm -hmm. so if there's one person or 60% in the life coaching session, it's actually the same, except I make 60 times the, the amount of money if there's 60. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's my reality. It's pretty cool. But I have a hard time pushing myself to kind of sell these 60 seats. I know that's that's going to make me uh, more money. So I'm going to have more time. I can try more experiments and then invest and make even more money and, and you know, have even more time. But I still have a hard time doing it. So what should I do? What do you feel like you struggle with the most? Um, I think I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm having a hard time believing that people will just like, that I can just go and sell 60 seats. Okay. Have you actually given it a shot? I get, I get, I mean, not really. I just, I, I gave a, a POC. I'm very good at POC pilots and making sure like proof of concept works. Mm -hmm. But then I just have a hard time kind of like putting the effort to make it work. Okay. So the effort part is like what seems to be the biggest struggle. Yeah. I'm pretty lazy. That's, 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 <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't say it was you. <laughs> Fair enough. So um, have you ever tried kind of breaking things down or like, I mean, first of all, looking what it really means to you. Yes, it's money, but will you enjoy it? Or are you maybe struggling um, that the number of people is going to reduce your quality? Or is there anything that you feel is not really what you want if you were to have 60 people? Um, I mean, there would be definitely some problems related to, um, I mean, plenty of things. But but overall, there would be minor problems compared to the ones I have now. So um I mean, there's one thing I want to do, you know, we're, we're kind of like in lockdown for pretty much forever. We don't know when it's going to end. And one thing I'd like, I'm still allowed to do as a human being is to have an office. I don't have an office right now. And my dream is to be able to kind of like take over a, a place in Neukölln, which is an area in Berlin and have like 60, 70 square meter to make it my office. So, you know, I just, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm working towards. And um so yeah, yeah the, the, that's maybe the goal, the thing I want to do. And I don't know, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly, I, the vision is clear. I just don't know exactly why I, I can't realize it. And I think maybe I don't want to sound too pushy. I don't want to, you know, just like alienate people by just being super pushy. So I'm just, yeah. you know, trying to find out and yeah. Yeah. Have you tried breaking it down? Maybe not going from one to 60, but having a smaller group first to get comfortable with it as well? Not really. I mean, I, I just uh, often I have a big lofty goals and then I just like, I'm, I'm not even trying, you know, so no, <laughs> didn't. Have you had a chance to maybe speak with people um, who had a chance to talk to you to just friendly ask them, for an example, after this call, like, hey, if you enjoyed speaking with me, would you mind writing a post about it or like mentioning me somewhere? No, no. So from my perspective now, I mean, I know we're, we're doing this kind of like live, live coaching thing, mm -hmm. but uh, from my perspective, it would be a good idea to think of first breaking down your goals to make them mm -hmm. easier to reach. Because when you're looking um, from kind of zero to 100, it's hard to make it feel tangible. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to also feel if you were to go from one to 30, it's, yeah. it would be a huge success, but it wouldn't feel like one if you're expecting 60. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so right. that would be one thing I would I would suggest. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is go of if you're not comfortable being like the too pushy salesperson and um, going and, um, and and making it in a more friendly way with people you you've built relationships already, which you have plenty of on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. Um, so just kind of going on a more friendly way where you say like, hey, I'm trying to build up this business. Um, if you had a good time talking to me would you mind just making it a little bit more public to help me out? I'm actually going to ask you to do that. Yeah. But, uh... 
you got it <laughs> see that's what i need you know like that's the thing as a solopreneur it's always pretty challenging to get these uh, things breaking down goals is something i know and i coach people to do but no one is telling it to me and uh, you know making it public is something i always train people to do but no one is telling it to me so i think it's a uh, it's great valuable coaching and i got it for free so i'm pretty happy <laughs> I hope I, I answered whatever you were looking for me to answer. Yeah. I mean, you know, in coaching, we always, I mean, I had the answer. I just didn't know about them, of course. but you helped me kind of get them. So I think it's, it was super cool. And thanks for, for taking the exercise. Of course. And when it comes to coaching, I also always mention it to my team members. Whenever we speak is, it, well, 99.9% of times it won't be rocket science. It mm -hmm. will be things you've heard. It will be things you've done. You just need somebody to remind you. Um, and I think my team members are probably bored of hearing me say this, but uh, I really strongly believe that. Yeah, that's good. And then you have like, uh, this is the great thing is there's a recording for history of you coaching someone live, which is great. <laughs> so it's good. Cool. Um, so, I mean, it was not, it wasn't expected. I think we didn't plan that, but I think it was cool. Um, <laughs> now I'd, I'd love to know about like, um, a, a time where you sales team so you've recently moved to, to a new company but maybe in your in your career and others or maybe even now but a time where things were tough and you were facing challenges as a sales team and you use your sports background or mentality to help them do you have any story around that to share yeah the story is very much related to what i mentioned earlier this kind of giving it your all in in a given moment so of course, I mean, now with Corona um, and also before, you always have some struggles and ups and downs as a sales team. And of course, I had team members who um, who had a hard time. And, and as a team, generally, we also had a hard time. So um, what I tried to do is bring in a couple of examples um, for myself. So for an example, um, with, with being down, um, I had a match, of course, where, you know, won a first set, lost a second set, and then I was 1-9 down. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a scenario where you're like end of the quarter, you need to rock your numbers and you're nowhere near. And, and you kind of see everybody around you already being ready to tell you like, oh, too bad, didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And then you have two options. You have an option to accept that and you have, or you have an option for the, even if there is a slightest chance for you to actually perform, to try it out, to do whatever you can mm -hmm. in that given moment. So for me, I'm someone who, who wants to, to take as little of a chance if it gives me an option to potentially perform. And this is like a lot of maybes in there, but a lot of maybes means there is a maybe. So it's not yeah. an absolute failure. And this is what, what I did with the team as well. I explained to them the situation and this specific match, I actually ended up winning 12-10, um, if I remember correct. Mm -hmm. So I lost another point on 9-9, but, uh, but I did it and nobody believed it was going to happen. And for me, it was just the thought in my head was, I'm already kind of lost in a sense. So it's it's already so far down that now might as well give it your all. Mm -hmm. If you don't give it your all, you're just gonna wonder what happens if you don't. Yeah. Or what would have happened if you would have? So okay. for me, this is this is one thing that I really um I've I've done it before with the team and I do it now as well. And it's really just your other option is just sitting there and being sad about it. So how about try? Yeah. That's, that's really cool. You know, it's, uh, um, for me, it's something where I have an issue. It's like, so in my life, I've been faced with a, a few difficulties or like, in, let's say my career, my life has not been very difficult, but sometimes my career, <laughs> there's things that have been challenging. And uh, when I've faced with these challenges, you know, you have the choice of just looking down the, uh, 
the void and, and the abyss and be okay i'm just gonna fall in there or you just like yeah. stop you forget about it and you just focus on one thing at a time but one thing that i found is i always need to go into this situation to kick my ass and do things and make things happen so is it something you you know about where people just like are afraid of trying of trying hard enough until you know they are in a position where they have to and that's when they they kind of thrive so uh, you know if, if if i was your your you know if you were my head of sales and i was a rep i would typically be this rep who's like just you know just making this shiny like thing at the end of the quarter just because i guess i'm wired like that so how do you manage these kind of things I mean, this this also has to do, like, I try to build trust with my team members as well. And just, I mean, you know the feeling you're in when you are procrastinating. It's the same story. It was the same story with school. It was the same story with your job. Like, it's kind of a, an ongoing thing. It applies to many, many aspects of life. So that feeling that you get uh, when you are not sure if it's going to work out and you have to push extra hard in the first, let's say if we're talking a quarter, in the first two months, are you really relaxed? Like, are you really feeling totally fine? Or are you kind of already anticipating that the third month is going to be a struggle? And mm-hmm. that's that's a feeling I try to also play on. I mean, it's not a it's not a bulletproof um, explanation or a bulletproof way to to get rid of it, definitely. But for me as well, um, again, connecting it to to sports and um, and thinking about the feelings that you have in that moment. Why not get yourself out of it? why constantly follow the same pattern and just always feel at the end of the quarter or end of the month extra stressed just because you didn't split the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is to me, yeah, I, I think it makes a difference. What I also heard yesterday when we had a chat on, on Clubhouse on the same topic was um, a, a fellow athlete mentioned, the more shots I make, the, the higher the chance I will actually succeed. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is one-to-one everything in life. If you yeah. don't take the shots, where are you going to get success from? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, often, you know, we just want to optimize um, for the number of shots we take. So they are super efficient, but we don't take sure. any. <laughs> so they're like, okay, nothing's going to work because you don't you don't even have the data to of kind of know. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, it's very interesting. Of course. And so one thing, a question I have regarding resilience. So I think in sales, curiosity and resilience are two super critical things. Um, but how do you build like a, a, a resilient team or the mindset of a team to be resilient? I believe it has a lot to do with experiences. Mm-hmm. I think if you've never experienced a setback, it's hard to put yourself in those shoes and just magically be totally fine with everything that goes wrong. So I think it goes little by little um, with, with what's going on with the whole team and, and uh, yeah, experiencing hard situations. On the other hand, I also think sharing the situations, if somebody else in the team is struggling, if you as a leader are struggling to just kind of bring it up and say, it's not a big deal. If things are not working perfectly, there is this team, there is this leader or this person that you can always come to and they can help you. So as long as you kind of bring up the the topics early enough that you ask for help, help will be provided too. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think it's bulletproof, but just, bringing the the feeling that it's okay if things are not perfect it also allows for you to say okay i can also get through it okay okay so yeah experiencing this and uh, yeah that's something i've always in my life i've I've always um so 
I was in a boarding school from 11 to 18. So I was not seeing wow. my parents. Uh, and so I, I've been through a lot of shit basically. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so for me it was normal, you know, I just like, okay, that's, that's how it is. And so oftentimes people have some things in their lives and they're like, well, you're just complaining for something that's not that big. And, um, but yeah, as you said, if you did, if you've always been nurtured and everything has always been easy and you never had a setback, that's going to be pretty challenging. That's why for me, I want to make sure if I'm successful in life, I want to make sure my kids can learn how to deal with setbacks. Yeah. I need to find a way to provide these, these setbacks for them without, uh, you know, just, I mean, I, I, mean, I always say I've been to this, this boarding school and I want my kids to kind of gain the experience I had without having to go through that. But I guess yeah, they can't. Yeah, so, that makes yeah. sense. I think there is also a fine line of sharing experiences. So I do share sometimes my personal story with people, not in too many details, but just to understand. So I do come from Serbia. Um, I remember the bombing in 99. Um, I was born in another war. Um, I left for very good economical reasons at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So there are there are some kind of real struggles that I battle with, whereas I still want to make sure that um, no matter how small the struggle feels, I'm still taking it serious and I'm still helping that person get through it. Mm-hmm. So I jump in with a couple of examples that apply to, to the given situation. So they know, not in a sense like life can be worse, but just to, to think about how would you have dealt with it if you are the external eye? Because I think when you are an external person, you take it really differently than when it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what I try to bring in in these conversations to, okay. um, yeah, to have an open talk and to, to, help people especially in the beginning mm-hmm. get comfortable with not feeling perfect okay okay yeah. um now can you share maybe your biggest win in sales and sports yeah i can so my biggest win in sales um, was definitely selling a seven digits um yearly package to um to the, one of the biggest clients uh, in the company where i was working at a time i was quite fresh um starting off in sales extra motivated, worked with many, many international teams uh, internally and externally to make sure this goes through. Um, Yeah, I worked in these massive Excel tables trying to calculate bonuses and whatnot. And uh, yeah, when it finally went through, you know, you click like all of your formulas and they work. I sent it out. They sent the signature back. It was like a big, big, big celebration. so that was definitely my my biggest my biggest deal. I've like a single deal that I've sold and and uh, it was a lot of fun. In terms of sports, um, I wouldn't focus on one specific match or something like this. It's more my actual mindset on the tennis court, um, and of course this translated into beach tennis for me as well. And this was actually focusing on a journey and not the win. And again, I know this sounds a little bit uh, cliche like. And what I mean by this is I had a really hard time after my surgery um, and to the point where I had expectations of my body, where I'm, what ball I'm able to reach, how I'm able to play. And I was not able to do that after having all the injuries mm-hmm. that I had. So it was, just, I was not fast enough. I was not able to move uh, far enough to actually make these movements. And so I felt extremely disappointed with myself on the court. I felt really that it was just not even worth it, but I didn't know life outside of sports. Like sports mm-hmm. was always a part of my life. And in one point I really had a hard season where I, I, I was in a match and I just blocked completely. I felt like I couldn't put the ball in the court. Um, and I figured something had to change. Absolutely. So I, I took a little break. Um, I took a couple of months off. I wanted to completely disattach myself from tennis. 
Um, so I, I was then kind of thinking, okay, should I come back? Should I try it out? And whenever somebody asked me, like, you're a tennis player, I was like, no, 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 like, no, I don't, I don't do tennis. I have nothing to do with tennis. So it was very, very kind of mental that, that, uh, that situation or that mm -hmm. time. Um, then I joined a team and uh, I had a coach that had dealt with something similar before with somebody who had dealt with an injury and had a very hard time afterwards. And, um, and he just let me play for playing the game and put really no pressure on me at all. And um, I managed to finish the season without a single loss. And this was really, really amazing for me where I was walking on the court thinking I'm going to lose. I'm going to like barely take any games against certain girls when I saw their shots and then winning with just losing a couple of uh, games per set. Mm -hmm. So this was to me, this, this journey of moving from expecting things from myself to really just saying in that given moment, I'm not able to perform to that level. So I have to build it up again. I mm -hmm. have to play and still like what I'm doing and not just, hate myself because it's not where it was and um, this was definitely my biggest win okay nice what about your biggest failure both in sales and sports <laughs> my biggest failure um in in sales was uh, related to losing a team member that was that was not performing definitely mm -hmm. i think this is not unusual for for somebody in a sales leadership role um there was it was really unfortunate um that that i was not able to help that person push through the challenges mm -hmm. and, and actually come out with uh, a successful quarter or successful quarters. Um, yeah, I know you mentioned also a, a lesson to it would, uh, would be a good idea. Um, in this sense, for me, a lesson here was pick things up quicker, yeah. um, be very, very clear on, on expectations, no matter how small they are. And in this case, I felt really over, overworked and overwhelmed with my, my topics that I had to mm -hmm. handle. And uh, that's when I realized, I mean, it's the team. I have to make sure that uh, I push other things that are not burning because if somebody's mm -hmm. not performing and they're struggling, they're asking for help, then that's what's burning and that's what I have yeah. to do. Okay. Any sports? And for sports, uh, yeah, for sports, uh, it was actually last week, <laughs> the <laughs> freshest one at least, let's call it this way. Um, and uh, I, played, I played a big tournament and 10,000 prize money um, over the weekend or over the, the New Year's uh, time. And uh, we actually lost 9-11 in the tiebreak of the third set. Um, we had it, absolutely. We won the first set, barely lost the second set. And uh, we had a miscommunication on the court. Um, it was my first opportunity of actually reaching finals of uh, 10,000, like the size of a tournament of 10,000 prize money. Um, so this hurt hardcore and like this was really not fun and then I just felt like punching something in the moment um but you know it's it's like always with sports it was two three hours later it was just like okay where is it again I need an next tournament I need to do this again so yeah, uh, yeah it was <laughs> it was definitely a rough one <laughs> okay 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 good and so I have one last question for you which has nothing to do with coaching or whatever um, for every SDR, BDR, or anyone who's listening to us, selling stuff for head of sales, how should they get in touch with you if they want to sell you something? What's the right <laughs> thing they need to, to say? Um, I mean, everybody can reach me on LinkedIn by any case. So uh, Nina Djordjevic, it shouldn't be too hard to find if you can spell my name. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, LinkedIn is definitely the, the best place to start. And uh, generally, if you want to connect, same story, LinkedIn, or feel free to also find okay. me on Clubhouse now testing it out um, and you'll find all the info on LinkedIn okay. as well on where, where I'm at. 
Is, is there anything they should mention to make sure that you, you, because if they go and say, hey, I have an amazing program that helps you, blah, 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 and then you're just going to be bored. So is there anything, any trigger they should get in touch with so they get your attention? I mean, it's always good to, to look at how does it actually apply to me and, and does it apply to me? So mm -hmm. if, uh, if it's a kind of selling uh, or bringing in developers, it's probably not going to be relevant for me. Uh, if you see that is something relevant to me, then uh, yeah, it's always nice to be, mm -hmm. be friendly. Um, don't pitch right off the bat without me even knowing what is going on. Um, that, that normally doesn't really work, especially yeah. because a lot of it happens um, on LinkedIn emails and so on. Um, so I think it's just more be, be slightly personal. I'm not expecting anybody to go and figure out uh, what my mom's dog's na name is or anything like this. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, just be a person basically. Yeah. That's, that's enough. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, like, is there any, anything you want to talk about any, anything you want to pitch about? Like, uh, you have a bit of time to kind of talk about if you're hiring, if you're selling something, you know, now is your time to kind of like talk about that if you want. Sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, now, since we're on the topic of athletes, um, this, this entire story of sports uh, within sales and business, um, I'm really trying to build up a community on, on this topic. Um, that's why I'm mentioning Clubhouse so much. We've had some really good discussions there. We're planning them um, on a weekly basis from at 6 p.m. Uh, Central European time. So um, you'll be able to find it if you follow me in any case. So this should be fun. Uh, I post about it on LinkedIn as well. And I worked on, on a small network for the same story. So we're calling it the Icon Network. And it's exactly that. It's for transitioning careers. It's for uh, meeting athletes, for um, bringing in athletes to your company or past uh, like ex-athletes to your company. Um, so that's, that's definitely a topic I, I love to talk about further with whoever is interested. On the other side, um, yeah, we're hiring at 10Cloud. We're hiring account executives um, as well as customer support and customer success. So if anybody's searching for roles in Munich or in Eindhoven, um, yeah, feel free to either check out our website or really just shoot me a direct message and I'm happy to, to make an intro with uh, HR directly so we can push that forward. That's, uh, okay. Those are the, the main two topics. And since I'm a little bit busy on, on different sides, um, I also run a performance marketing agency since two years now, uh, which is called AdsHub. Same story, easy to find it on LinkedIn, but, um, but if you're looking to... Um, to be more active with uh, advertisement on social media, um, you can ping me directly. My partner, my business partner there is an absolute boss at, at all of this. So um, yeah, we, we have a good place to start. Okay. Okay, good. Perfect. So um, Nina, thanks a lot for uh, coaching me first and uh, coming on the show. That was super nice. And uh, yeah, everyone, I mean, I'll share uh, all the links you, you talked about on the show notes. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear and you want to suggest a topic or a guest, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro a month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC.